Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Greg Steele. We are back with another episode of the 5 and 40 podcast, and we are still doing uh, crypto episodes. So this is season two, uh, episode two. And uh, so told you that I'm going to uh, talk to you kind of about as I learn about crypto going forward. Um, I had a couple of good days where I really spent a lot of time on it. Work's been nuts for the couple weeks, so I haven't gotten as much time in it as I was like as I would like to. But I did do some time on YouTube, sort of looking at crypto things, and I got some good responses from the first couple of episodes. A lot of good questions, and I appreciate everybody listening, and I appreciate everybody asking questions. Um, probably the most common question I got from people was, if I wanted to get involved with crypto. How should I get started? And I think one of the things we kind of talked about a little bit, which not gone into a great deal of detail about, but I will in the future, is just how many different things you can do in crypto. Um, and so when you want to first get started out, it's sort of like you want to do low-hanging fruit, right? And so the first thing that I've been telling people maybe is the best thing to do is to invest in stable coins. Stable coins being coins that are always a fixed value. Usually it's a dollar and basically depositing them into something like BlockFi or Crypto.com and um, just letting them sit there and gain interest. And the reason that that's a good thing is because your bank right now is probably paying about 0.02% interest on any money that's sitting in there while they make 4% loaning it out to other people, whereas BlockFi or Crypto.com, BlockFi currently still paying 9%. Um, so that's quite a bit of interest. If you did absolutely nothing other than take the cash you had sitting in a bank account and put it into BlockFi, your interest would go up. I don't know how many times that is. It's a whole bunch, right? A lot, lot, lot. Um, so you're talking about instead of $14 in interest a year, thousands of dollars in interest a year. Uh, the other interesting thing about doing something like that is breaking the cycle of the previous notion that you never could earn enough interest to cover interest on a loan. I think I talked about that in the last episode where, you know, if you could earn 9% interest on your money, let's say you had $50,000, you want to buy a car. So historically, you know, if you had that 50,000 sitting in your bank, you'd earn 0.2% interest and you'd have to pay three or 4% on the car. So you're losing money. But now Imagine if you could earn 9% interest and you got a car loan for 3% interest. You know, by making those payments, even if you pay 3% in the same month that you have to pay the 3%, the money that you would not have by buying the car outright earns 9%, which puts you 6% in the positive. So it's a change in the way of thinking, the traditional thinking, which is have no debt, you know, because you're just wasting money on interest, where now you can with crypto, you can earn more interest than you have to spend on a loan, and you come out ahead. Really interesting thing being that that interest is going into your payment so that at the end of it, you not only have the car you bought, but you have some, if not all, of the money you saved for the car because you didn't spend it all up front. So, um, so that's kind of interesting, and I guess if you're going to start, that's the, the easiest bottom rung step one. Uh, there's nothing to do. Put the money there, leave it there, collect the interest. Step two, probably getting on an exchange and, and doing a little bit of research and maybe buying some cryptos you're interested in more like a stock where they just go up or down and you just 
try, are, are hoping that you pick good projects or projects you believe in that in the long term will do well and they will go up in value. And so you're just kind of holding on to them. And then you get deeper into the woods where you can then take coins that you bought that you're holding, but then stake them and farm them and do all this other stuff. But at the beginning, you know, I don't think anybody's doing stuff like that. And you're, you're just run of the mill investor is probably not going to be doing things like that. So the question is, if crypto is valuable, how can you use it to benefit you? And I mean, I think that there's very clear ways of how it can benefit everybody. If you just do the one thing that I said, which is just go ahead and earn more interest and then maybe even just buy some crypto, um, you know, but here's an interesting question that I got. And that's what this episode is really about, which is not what should I do first, which I got those questions. But the, the question I got that was the most interesting is why should I invest in crypto? Why do I care? Like you're talking about this stuff. I'm listening to it. I had someone tell me that they listened to the episode and they felt dumber. <laughs> and I don't think that's necessarily true. Although I'll tell you, it was a lot of research and talking to people and doing a lot of things to make uh, everything I talked about on the previous episodes understandable. And I hope what I'm good at, or I hope one of the things my real goals are here is to make these things understandable. So if I do talk about things in ways that don't make any sense or that are too difficult, because I'm really just trying to break them down into real basics, um, you know, please let me know and I'll explain things better or let me know things that might not make sense. Um, it's one of those things where you understand something and I work in the medical profession. You talk about people in medical terms, you know, you go talk to patients and you're trying to explain to them what's going on and they will never tell you they don't understand you. They just look at you and they nod, right? And they pretend they understand you because they don't want to admit they don't understand you. But it doesn't help because then they don't hear what needs to be heard and they can't make good decisions. This is the same way. So let me know if I did that. But this episode, you know, I was thinking that's a good thing to talk about is why should we even bother with crypto? Why does it matter? And one of the things that I did is go on YouTube and I came across a young lady named Crypto Casey, uh, C-A-S-E-Y. She's someone I recommend you go and watch some of her videos. You know, she talks about a lot of crypto things. She is, just from what I've watched so far, which I'm not through all of her stuff, but I will be, is a great, great resource for two things. Number one, security. Um, I realized after watching some of her videos that the way I had my crypto set up was very insecure. And there is risk of hackers and risk of things like that. And so she talks a lot about how to make sure that um, that you do security. She actually has a video that's like, uh, I don't know the number, something like nine things to do before you start investing in crypto. So if you've never done it before, that's great to not be catching up like I was when I watched it because I had already done some things and and obviously had put myself at, at risk. So she has this wonderful video that kind of tells you what to do to get started. The other really valuable thing I saw, one thing that's kind of intimidating can be cryptocurrency wallets. And so she has a lot of really good videos about what they are, uh, how they work, which are the good ones to get, how do you use them. And so very, very helpful stuff there again for beginners in crypto. Um, because if you have wallets and you don't use them correctly, there is the potential to lose crypto. Uh, and you don't want to do that, of course. So that's helpful. But here's another thing Crypto Casey does. Crypto Casey is a person who is a... I don't know. She's like a thinker, right? And she thinks about investing, but she doesn't just think about it from the standpoint of, oh, you do these actions in order to make money. I mean, she has videos that talk about human behavior and she has videos that talk about 
thoughts that she's had about like why people are good investors, why they're bad investors, why, uh, how, what are these things internally inside of us that, that lead us to make bad decisions and things like this. And so she also had these other videos like this. And one video that she has talks specifically about seven things that we should believe that would lead us to invest in crypto that would make us successful. Now, she says that these seven things are 100% facts. But she says, rather than think of them as facts, we should think about them as beliefs because beliefs are different things for people than facts. Beliefs can be used to manifest and create things. You know, it's like if you just believe a fact, okay, that's a fact. If you really believe something, though, it could be used to motivate you in order to act and then bring you to a place where you wanted to be. Uh, so beliefs can help you set goals. And so she says they're facts, but she says they should be beliefs. Now, I'm going to talk about the things that she said. Uh, goal here is not to blatantly rip her off, but I guess I'm kind of going to do that. But I mean, I think the question that I got of why should I care about cryptocurrency? I think that if we all could think about these things and start to believe these things, we not only would understand why crypto is important and why it's a good idea, but we also would then be motivated to succeed at investing in crypto. So that's what I'm going to do this episode is just to talk about the things that she talked about. Um, hopefully put a little bit of my own stuff into it, but I mean, I thought her points were so good and that I thought they were worth sharing. So number one belief that she talks about is that crypto is a once in a lifetime opportunity to generate wealth in a short period of time. And so the point being that she says cryptocurrency is currently like, what if you could have invested in Google or Apple or Facebook or one of these big companies you know, on the ground floor, you know, and that's what she says that crypto is. It's in its infancy. And it's one of those things where everyone currently has the opportunity to get in on that ground floor. Um, and just like so many people didn't know or didn't get into those companies, there's so many people now that don't know and aren't getting into crypto, but the crypto is the future. Crypto is the, the, the way that, or the next way, I guess, that is this huge ground floor opportunity for everyone to be able to generate wealth. And I will tell you that this is a belief that I have. Um, I wouldn't even be in crypto, nor would I be spending my time on it, nor would I be talking to you about it, nor would I have bought cryptocurrency if I didn't really believe that. And and I watched my brother, you know, uh, there's classic crypto and previously classic classic crypto are things like Bitcoin and Ethereum and the and the the longer term, more structured cryptos that are out there. And my brother was in the market early and he did very, very well. And now I think there's DeFi or decentralized finance projects. And maybe DeFi is the next ground floor. Although there's also the belief and crypto Casey believes this too, that as valuable as Bitcoin and Ethereum currently are, that they're still on the ground floor. Um, and so one belief though, is the belief that this is our opportunity. And I guarantee you the reason that I'm in this is because I believe that I didn't invest in the classic crypto, uh, but that there's a whole new opportunity out there, and I'm going to regret it if I look 20 years from now and um, and I didn't take advantage of it. You know, and I'm really like seeing other people, how they've succeeded, seeing my brother, how he succeeded, and I, look, I just really think to myself, man, I got my retirement account, and wouldn't it be awesome if 15 years from now when I'm ready to retire... I have my retirement account and I've been able to get that much money again in, in crypto. And I don't think that's a far-fetched idea. If I put the time and energy into it to succeed, I, I believe I can. 
and I believe the opportunity exists. Uh, number two is the belief that cash is a medium of exchange. Now, one thing to say about cash in the cryptocurrency world is called fiat. And so we talked about being on exchange and buying crypto. And in order to do that, you sign up for exchange, you hook up a checking account, you deposit dollars, which is fiat. It becomes stable coins or, or crypto that, that you can use to buy crypto with. Um, but this is something I'm guilty of that people like to sit on cash, but she says that, that cat sitting on cash is not investing. And those who are wealthy do not sit on cash. They invest cash. And so she said, holding wealth or just holding cash is a bad idea. And another reason it's bad is because of inflation. You know, we're seeing right now with all the money that was passed out with COVID and then the new infrastructure bill that was passed and the trillions and trillions of dollars and how the debt continues to go up and up. Our, our currency is being devalued. The same dollar that you had three years ago, it doesn't buy the same amount as it used to buy because it isn't worth as much because inflation. And so if you're holding on to cash, you know, you're actually losing money as time goes by. So the question is, is could you be using that cash and putting it into things that not that are getting devalued over time, but can those things be used to generate wealth for yourself? And I think the answer is yes. And I'm certainly guilty of that, although um, I have changed that recently because, again, I've been using BlockFi and, and earning the more interest. Now, I think that the seasoned crypto investors would tell you that that's kind of still the low-hanging fruit, but heck, I'm in it. And I'm doing it. And I guarantee you that my 9% interest I'm earning is certainly offsetting the inflation uh, at the rate it's going. So I think that's a good thing. Um, so the next belief, number three, is that fiat or cash is a failing experiment. Now, this is kind of interesting, but basically the point is, is that cash is basically created by governments. And the only reason that cash is created by governments is so they can control it. And so the government, if you look at the dollar, it they control how cash is issued, they control how it's circulated, they control the supply of cash, they control who gets cash, they control what it costs, and by what it costs means that they set the interest rates. And so basically, that politicians don't work for us, they work for corporations, right? And that cash or as a whole is one of the largest reasons for income gaps, and it really only supports a wealthy elite few. And one of the examples that she gave, which I thought was interesting, is she's like, look at during COVID and look at the bills that were passed in all of these things. She said when when trillions of dollars were injected in the economy, the majority of those trillions of dollars went to the corporations and to the wealthy and then trickled down to people from there. And so, you know, she's like, whoever's closest to the money are the ones who get it. And that's that's a good point. And so the question is, is cash the future, right? And the belief is, is that no, crypto is the future because crypto gets decentralized. And then basically what happens is, is it gives the people control over the money rather than just the government owns and controls the money. Uh, another belief for number four is that stores of wealth uh, protect wealth. And so two points here. One is that we're stuck in consumerism. So we earn money and then we have been conditioned to spend it. And she was talking about how the wealthy who have a whole bunch of money, you know, and sell things have created this idea that what we should be doing is consuming more. So we're taking the money that we earn with our work and then we're spending it on things that we really don't want and things that rust and things that go away and things that just don't hold any long term value. And 
you know, the point being that as we get our cash or our income for the work that we do, then we should be converting these things into things that store and protect wealth rather than spending them on things that do not generate wealth. And the best point that she made here was about gold. Now, gold has traditionally always been seen as the centralized hedge for inflation as saying that, you know, if you had all your money in stocks and the stock market went down, that gold would go up sort of as a balance, right? Um, and I think she says that banks control all of the gold in the world. And so basically she says that it's been proven that for every person who owns, who owns an ounce of gold on a piece of paper, or, well, I'm sorry, let me, let me clarify that. For every ounce of gold that is in a bank vault, she said that 10 people probably have paperwork that show that they own it. And so basically that for the amount of gold that is technically owned on paper by people that there's never been enough gold mined to actually be that much gold. And the point being that if I own gold on paper and I want to sell it, then fine. The bank will shift things around and with other banks if necessary to kind of even everything out. But the whole thing is kind of a shell game. And so she says that. She says it confidently as a fact. She certainly believes it. I haven't done any real research on it. But I can tell you that I don't find it to be not believable. I mean, they won't tell us how much gold is out there, right? So I don't know, you know, how much confidence do you have it? But maybe the other point being that the same people who control the cash and control the economy control the gold, right? So that it's not in any way decentralized and not in any way in the hands of people, I guess, unless you buy it and hold it yourself. Um, but that's not what the majority of people do, right? The majority of people who technically own gold don't have the gold in their hands they own it in in some fund or in a vault um so belief number five and i think this is a big belief and i was before i convinced myself to get involved in this i had this belief that it's too late you know bitcoin hit sixty thousand dollars and so the i don't you know the the regular investor can't get bitcoin we'll never make any money off of it because we missed the the bubble and so the point that she's making here is that we are still so early in crypto. And I have changed my belief as I've been looking at crypto and learning more about crypto. I realized that what I knew about it was just scratching the surface. Like just to say, oh, look, Bitcoin's at 60,000 and I miss crypto is a crazy statement because Bitcoin is like this one little tiny sliver of what crypto is as a whole. And even though that Bitcoin has done exceptionally well and is very valuable, there's all kinds of other opportunities out there. And, and we're just scratching the surface, especially if you look at DeFi, because you have classic crypto. But I mean, the DeFi space is trying to decentralize things. And there's all these new projects coming out all the time. And wealth is just being generated left and right in these spaces. And I mean, think about it from the standpoint of really when you miss the boat in stuff is when everyone knows about it. So again, we talk about Apple and we talk about Facebook and we talk about all these things. I think we've missed the boat on those things. Every single person in the country knows what they are. Everyone who ever wanted to invest in them is invested in them. And you can buy them and it doesn't mean that they won't continue to go up. But you're nowhere near the ground floor. You know, but the point is, is that the majority of the population think crypto is Bitcoin or Dogecoin or something, right? But they don't have any clue about it. They're not invested in it. And... 
until it gets that way, the opportunities abound. But the majority of people just don't know anything about it. So crypto as a whole, and especially decentralized finance, is still early. And so you haven't missed the boat. Even though it's done well, it hasn't done well like it's going to do well. Because blockchain and crypto are certainly the future. We talked a little bit on the last episode about how basically going forward, blockchain is going to be the proof of ownership and the way by which everything is exchanged going forward. Right. But think about where we are with that happening. I mean, yeah, we're exchanging a few NFTs and, and the crypto that is traded is done on the blockchain. But think about how few people are actually currently doing that. So for that to be the future, we're just on the ground floor. And it's interesting because Bitcoin did hit $60,000. But if you believe like I do that crypto as a whole is going to go up then Bitcoin and Ethereum are not anywhere near what their highs are going to be. So I just think it's early. Um, you know, and and that's a belief I have, and it's a belief I think that we all could adopt um, because I think that the opportunities just abound. Um, so one thing that she talked about that I thought was very interesting because I talked about how, like, she'll talk about investing strategies because, honestly, most of the people that I've seen talk about crypto do not talk about it in terms of classic investing or standard investing. So one of the things that she talked about was how to be successful is to invest like you would invest in other things. And one of the things she talked about is dollar cost averaging. Now, one thing that's true about crypto is the prices may fluctuate more than traditional investments, up, down, up, down. I mean, Bitcoin will be 48,000 and it'll be 68,000, right? It'll just go back and forth. Um, and a lot of cryptos fluctuate and Bitcoin's sort of the flagship. So what Bitcoin does other coins will follow. But she talks about doing dollar cost averaging for investing. And basically what this means is, is that you need to have an investment strategy. She's basically saying what you should be doing is you should have a certain amount of money that you're going to put towards investing in Bitcoin or Ethereum or other projects that you are confident in that you think have long-term growth and that you do that every week, every month, whatever value you can, and that you invest in it religiously. She said that is one of the ways to success in all investing. Crypto investing is no different. And basically, dollar cost averaging means that when Bitcoin is really, really high, then, you know, you pay a high price, but then sometimes you pay it when it's a low price because you're just investing regularly and it evens out. So you don't get affected as much by the highs and lows um, when you're doing your crypto investing. And and that's not a crypto uh investment strategy. I mean, that's a long-term investment strategy that we do in a 401k because when stock prices are up, we um, buy. And when stock prices are down, we buy because every paycheck, we're putting a certain amount of money in there. And so it gives us an average price and not a high or low price as we invest over time and want it to go up over time. I had never thought about crypto investing being like stock investing like that. But she says that as the core of her investing strategy, and she feels like it's a good investing strategy for everyone, is a good dollar cost average strategy in the cryptos you like, that you just invest a certain amount over time with the idea that because we're so early, that crypto as a whole is going to grow over time. And um, if there's 
One thing I can say in this episode that I might have learned that was impactful to me after the last episode, I can say that's what it is because I put money in BlockFi. I bought some cryptos that I'm interested in that are sitting in a wallet. I've done a little bit of staking, but I've been saying to myself, what do I do next? I mean, how do I succeed in this thing, right? Well, so I think what my plan's going to be is what she said. I'm going to take a a percentage or or whatever, some certain amount of money. Um, even some of these crypto, um, these trading exchanges, I think like Coinbase does it and I think crypto.com does it. I have to look because now I'm like getting into it, right? But they allow you to set up recurring buys. So you basically have like stable coins in there and you can deposit more stable coins in there and you can tell it every Monday at 6 a.m. I want you to buy me X, Y, Z dollars worth of this crypto. And so you don't even have to be like, oh, I have to go in there every week and do this and it's some onerous chore. Um, You can set it up to do it automatically. So I think that's where I'm headed next. And I think technically, like what I said earlier, when people are asking me how to start, Maybe the first way is to get your money into places that are 9% interest instead of 0.2% interest. But then I said the second step is just buying some crypto that you believe in. But maybe now we edit that to say that you set up dollar cost averaging um, consistent crypto buys in crypto that you're confident in. I think there's all these DeFi projects out there. But to be totally honest with you, I still don't think that there's absolutely anything wrong with Ethereum and Bitcoin dollar cost averaging purchases just because even at 60,000, my personal belief is that Bitcoin isn't close to the ceiling. Um, And we can talk about that in a later episode, but Bitcoin um, is the backbone of all of this stuff. It has a fixed amount and, you know, I I can see 20 years from now, Bitcoin being $400,000 and I think that's going to happen. So anyway... If you say, wow, I could get into DeFi and get on the ground floor and do good, that's great. I think you could do good just by buying Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, but uh, anyway, so the last of the seven um, beliefs that she says that we should all be believing in is that crypto is the key to financial freedom and that everyone can achieve financial freedom with crypto. And honestly, this is also something that I believe. Um, I do believe that I can which is why I'm doing it. And the one thing I can tell you that's an absolute certain truth is whatever I've done up to this point, which is just still scratching the surface, but I'm in it and I'm doing it, is um, anyone can do what I did. It wasn't hard. I didn't even have to ask anybody any questions. I watched some YouTube videos and I did some research online. And so honestly, yeah, it is. It is an opportunity for everyone. You know, it's because everyone's not going to take it that those of us who do have an opportunity. All right, because, you know, once everyone gets in it, then it's Apple and then it's Facebook. But we are so early in it that almost nobody's in it. Right. So you want to be those people, one of those folks who's in it early. And so don't take my word for it. I mean, it's it's really easy to look out there and it's really easy to see, you know, uh, what's going on and and just kind of checking everything out. So going forward, kind of getting into the end of the episode here, but going forward, one of the things that I'm doing is, is that there are things called DAOs and certain coins have them. And there's these, these, this thing called discord, which discord is sort of like a a chat, the newest chat thing. I'd say like MIRC back in the day. Right. But 
all of these crypto projects are on, on this Discord server. And there's one called UMA. That's a coin that I'm getting involved on their um, on their Discord server. And they have an orientation that I need to listen to. And uh, I have read that if you really, really, really want to get into crypto, if you'll get involved in one of these DAOs um, and on one of their Discord channels and kind of go through that it's a great way to meet people. It's a great way to learn. It's a great way to kind of take the next steps beyond the things I've been talking about in crypto. And so I'm going to spend some time messing around with that. So the next episode that we have or or in the future, whenever I learn what I need to learn and have things that I can share, I certainly will be talking about that. Um, so please uh, subscribe and rate. You know, five-star review would be appreciated if you've been enjoying the conversations about crypto. If you've got questions, you can certainly send me an email. It's 5 and 40 as words, F-I-V-E-I-N-F-O-U-R-T-Y at gmail.com. Um you can go to the 5 and 40 Facebook page and post messages. Uh, and, of course, if you know me and you see me, then let's talk about it. I think it's pretty interesting. I'd like to hear your questions because, honestly, the question I got about why it is that they should care about crypto really led me to finding what I feel is a lot of really good information. And so I appreciate everybody. Everybody take care, and we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.